You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome. You're listening to the Golf Under Par podcast. As the title suggests, on the Gup, we talk about all things relating to golf performance so you can golf under par. While listening, you'll hear discussion on all facets of golf, physical, mental, and whatever else will make you a better golfer. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough. I'm a golfer myself, as well as a physical therapist and strength coach. Let's take this journey together to golf under par. Thank you for listening. Now let's dive in. Bulletproofing the shoulder. We're going to talk anatomy, we're going to talk mechanics, we're going to talk mobility, we're going to talk strength, we're going to talk power of the of the shoulder and what we need to do in order to to uh, understand what we need to do to make that shoulder work better for us okay all right so first off the shoulder is considered a ball and socket joint that's kind of a lie because it's more like a golf ball sitting on a tee all right so the ball of the humerus or the arm bone is a lot bigger than the bone that it's connected to rather than being a socket it's sitting on like a t okay so it's not a lot of contact between the two points there which makes it inherently a little unstable but that instability allows for all this different ranges of motion that we can do with our shoulder so that's important and important to understand important to know that the shoulder does have a lot of range of motion and so we need to be able to control that the best way possible all right so being a larger ball inside on top of a socket there is what's called a labrum it's connective tissue that wraps around it makes like a, a ring around it to create a deeper socket to actually give you more of a socket feel but it's just connective tissue it's not bone okay so it's gonna let that let move and if there's too much stress on it it's gonna tear Okay, but that's where learning the mechanics, learning what we can do to keep strength and mobility in that shoulder becomes very important to us. So we have a ball, larger ball on side of the socket. The labrum creates a deeper socket, allowing a little bit better connectivity between the two. But really what keeps those in contact is the rotator cuff, all right? We hear about the rotator cuff muscles and how very common for older adults to have these tears, right? It's like 75% of people older than 55 have a rotator cuff tear. That doesn't mean you have to have pain. It doesn't mean that you are debilitated from them, okay? It's just very common. It's actually more common than to have one than it is not to have one at, at an older age, okay? What I tell a lot of my patients is, if I pull 10 people off the street and they are all asymptomatic, they don't have any pain, and I put them in an MRI, x-ray, we do ultrasound, whatever, to see what is going on with them, 70 
percent of those. So seven out of those 10 people are going to show some kind of defect. Okay. Defect doesn't necessarily mean that they have to have pain. Doesn't necessarily mean that they can't function. Right. I told you that all 10 of them didn't have any pain. So just because there's something going on doesn't mean you can't continue to live and be, be just fine with that. Okay. So that's something I tell all my patients when they come in, because all the times I, I, people come in like, well, I have this, I have this and whatnot. And like, okay, yes, that, that is good to know, but for the most part, it doesn't have to define what your movement or what your ability and your capabilities are. All right. So I always try to explain that to everybody. Um, so even if we do have a tear in the labrum or a rotator cuff or whatever, the shoulder can still function fine. There may be need some for modifications or whatnot of exercises uh, in order to minimize stress on certain aspects of the movement to, because once you have these things, you might be predisposed to certain events happening or certain, maybe more pain. All right. So with that ball and socket that we have, the ball on top of the T, you have a roll every time that you move the arm. Okay. It's the, the ball is going to roll on top of that T, but there also has to be a sliding component. Otherwise you just roll right off the T. So you have to slide some to make, make sure that maintains that contact. All right. So that's the mechanics of it. Well, no matter what you're doing, whether it's reaching out in front of you, whether it's reaching out to the side, whether it's rotating, there's going to be a matter of rolling and sliding that's going to happen. We don't have to really think about any of that, but it, why I bring that up is what work, what does that sliding when you're wanting to move your arm is the rotator cuff. It makes sure that you stay in contact with the T, right? That way you have that congruent surfaces, right? They're in contact so that you can be more stable. The more contact there is, the more stable a joint is, all right? The less contact, the less stable. So you predispose yourself when you are less stable to injury. So rotator cuff becomes a very, very, very important part of training for bulletproofing the shoulder. All right. So when we're wanting to make sure that the shoulder does not bother us in the backswing or in the follow through, we need to make sure that we have certain components to it. One of those is making sure we have adequate mobility. Next one would be making sure that we have adequate strength. And then in order to produce a more powerful swing, we have to improve our ability to generate force or generate power. All right. I've talked about on other, other times about creating that power or creating um, what, what creates a higher club head speed. All right. We'll get into a little bit more of that when we get into that power aspect. But so first off, we want to get into mobility. So shoulder range of motion, if we're going out in front, should be about 180 degrees. So usually say about 160 gets you into that top cupboard, top of the cupboard. So you can get that plate or cup or whatever it is that's up there. All right. And the golf swing, yes, that's important because when we reach across the body, we need to make sure that we have that ability to the tissues can extend on that posterior side or the back side of the shoulder in order to get us into that position. 
And then the other thing is we have to have a certain amount of rotation. All right, I turn towards the camera and I rotate up. Okay, you should be able to get past the line of the body. So if the line of the body is vertical, my arm should come up and go past that. All right, it doesn't have to, or at least equal to that, I should say. And then we also want to make sure that that's the case in our golf posture, which is going to be at that angle. You're going to be hinged forward. You want to make sure that you still have that. If you lose it there, you know there's a discrepancy in in your control of that position when you get into the golf, golf posture. So you want to make sure that you're working the control of that, which gets into more of the strength aspect. But if we don't have the ability to reach overhead while maintaining a neutral spine, then we're likely limited in the lat, which comes from <clears throat> our low back and comes and attaches on actually on the inside of our arm, but we kind of get it back in through there. And so it limits there. Okay, so one of the things that we have a lot of people do is you can kind of pinch there. That's going to be mostly left there. All right, that's going to be getting that muscle. You can grab that muscle and you can loosen it up by going through that motion while you maintain a little bit of pressure there. Again, I've talked about pressure in some of the mobility challenges. That pressure really is just changing the perception of that muscle. Okay. By giving, putting the pressure on there, it can cause the muscle to relax down a little bit if it's tensed up and needs it. It also give, causes some areas to stretch that may, may not have been getting as much stretching. It's kind of like a pin and a stretch. So you're not allowing certain parts of it moving while other parts get to stretch out. Okay, so those are, or that's one, one thing that may be limiting ability to reach overhead. Okay, that's a very common issue that we'll see in golfers. Again, we don't actually in golf reach overhead very often, um, but we do have to reach across the body, which is the same, same things have to kind of stretch out in that same aspect. So we make sure that we have that mobility overhead. And if we don't, we got to work on that. We got, we got to loosen up the lat. We can take a foam roller, roll right in through there. Okay. You can do that pin and stretch as you move there. That's going to allow you to grab, uh, allow that shoulder to move better going up into flexion or over overhead with that rotation one of the big limiting factors with rotation is either going to be one of your rotator cuff muscles there's four rotator cuff muscles you got one on on the front side and you got three on the back side okay the one on the front side is kind of deep in the armpit it lays underneath the shoulder blade actually okay it its job is to rotate inwardly okay or to uh, rotate the, the palm towards the belly. So that way, if it is tight, it's not going to allow you to get into that rotation back. All right. The other one is if, if you got a tension in there, sometimes a muscle when it's tensed up is like a, a um, water bottle filled with air. You seal that cap, you try to compress it. It doesn't want to compress. It's too tensed up. There's not enough ability for it to to be like a, an accordion or an elastic band where it can collapse and expand, all right? That's what we want our muscles to be able to do. They need to be able to stretch, and they need to be able to contract, or they need to be able to fold on, each, on, on top of each other, all right? If you can't do that, that means that tension can limit that ability to stretch or to, to fold on top of it. So you also gotta work that. <clears throat> the one in the armpit, really hard to do by yourself, but you can kind of dig your thumb into the back, of, uh, into the the front side of that that shoulder blade to try to get that muscle you're digging into that armpit 
there's a lot of arteries and neurovascular uh, nerves and whatnot that pass through there. So be careful. We can try to post a little bit of video. It's just really hard to do if you don't know what you're doing. All right. So I don't usually have people uh, teach people that much too often on that one, uh, just because it's challenging for people to do. But that lat is very easy to do. Very very similar. Can have a very similar effect too. And then the other one though is the is the one of the muscles on the backside. Okay, one of the rotator cuff muscles on the backside, which is sitting on top of that shoulder blade on that side. We can take a ball against the wall on that, and we can move that arm across the body, and we can move that arm into a rotations with there, and that will help loosen that up. Again, that's allowing that muscle, that changing that perception of that muscle, allowing it to better fold and to stretch. So those are some of the things that I, that I look at with mobility in regards to making sure that we have that mobility. If we don't have the mobility, we are not functioning, not able to function completely, right? Full range of motion is the first stage of pretty much every, every joint and getting it to function properly and to make sure that it is resistant to injury. Because if you get yourself into a position that is not the, the your arm in this case the shoulder is not used to being in then you are predisposing yourself or, or more likely to be injured in that instance but if we have nice range of motion we uh, have good supple muscles then we're less likely to be injured when we get into ourselves into a funky position we get ourselves into funky positions when we have to take awkward shots you know the ones where you're close to a tree and you have to do a little bit different movement with your swing all right or you know let's say you're you're wrestling or something like that and you get arm pulled behind you or something along those lines if your arm is not able doesn't have that full range of motion you're more likely to get injured in that instance so then we talk about strength strength is building that resiliency right your resiliency is your ability to repetitively go through the golf swing and also to produce the force that we're looking to produce on a regular basis. We, we were talking about that rotator cuff muscle. That's the main muscle though, that we, we focus on in order to improve our strength and improve the stability of, of the shoulder joint in itself. Just remember, I wanted to talk about one more thing about mobility. So our shoulder range, two thirds comes from the, what we normally consider the shoulder. One third comes from the shoulder blade in itself. The shoulder blade is going to rotate around the rib cage, kind of rotate upward or downward, depending on what we're wanting to do. And that is about one third of the, the motion of the shoulder. So if we have 180 degrees, about 60 degrees, 60 degrees of that is going to come from the shoulder blade. So we want to make sure that we aren't restricting the shoulder blade movement. And the number one way that we see that restriction is usually in that upper back, that mid upper back, where we're rounded. When we are rounded, if you do this, if you round your shoulders and you get in poor posture and you try to reach overhead, you'll notice that you aren't getting as high. I mean, if you straighten yourself out, that arm then gets vertical, okay? All you did was change where your back position was and that allowed for better range, better full motion of the shoulder. You didn't change anything specifically at the 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 <clears throat> shoulder joint in itself, but you changed something at the 
back and shoulder blade. And that's what allowed a little bit better motion. Okay. With that being said, the next concept, the other thing that we strengthen is the stability of the shoulder blade. Okay. If we follow the, the alternating pattern of mobile stable joints, the mid back is a very mobile joint. It inherently can rotate. It can side bend. It can go forward and back. That means the shoulder blade is a stable joint. All right. It's very good at sliding along the rib cage. But that's all that it does. It doesn't have a lot of different motions. It got some tip and whatnot, but it's really just good at one motion. And that means inherently it's more stable. All right. So we want to make sure that that stays stable. A lot of people, you see that, that winging shoulder blade or when that shoulder blade sticks out when you're like in a push-up position or even if you're reaching out and about um, out to the side or up in front, if that shoulder blade pops out, we know we don't have a very stable joint there. The muscles aren't active in keeping it suctioned to the rib cage because we want it close to the rib cage. That allows better transfer of energy through the mid back up into the shoulder and into the arm when we're going to our swing. Okay. So again, we've talked about basically we are generating power from our legs through the core. We have to transfer the energy from the, from the ground and our legs into our core, through our shoulders and out to the, out to our hands, into the club. That's what generates power. So we need that stability in the shoulder blade to continue that, to continue that chain of power going through the swing. So rotator cuff strengthening, shoulder, shoulder stability or uh, scapular stability or shoulder blade stability. Those are the two things you fo focus on in strengthening and to bulletproof the shoulder. All right. How can we do that? One of the big ways, mistakes that I see in most people's training is a huge focus on pushing. We do a lot of bench press because it gets a nice big chest, makes us feel strong and powerful. They're big muscles. They can do a lot. <clears throat> we like to do push-ups and, and whatnot. But what most people don't do enough of is pulling. Okay? We want to do rowing, lat pull-downs. We want to do <clears throat> reverse butterflies. Okay, we're going to do these exercises to strengthen the back muscles, all right? One thing that I always talk about is you'll never see a car that can go 100 miles per hour that doesn't have brakes to stop at 100 miles per hour. You'll never generate more power in your arms and your upper body if you can't slow yourself back down, Okay. The way you slow yourself back down, all the muscles in the back of the shoulder. Okay, that's the rowing, the lat pull downs, the reverse butterfly muscles. You got your traps, you got your rhomboids. Okay, and those are some of the big muscles that help with that. Okay, so we have to make a focus on some of those those muscles. Majority of those muscles aren't as big as our pec muscles, or aren't as strong, and especially in the average person. Most people have a very hard time in the clinic when I get them laying on their stomach and I ask them to hold out their arm out to the side. I usually can push that down with my pinky. That is poor strength in that trap muscle, in that rhomboid, in that posterior chain, the back side of the shoulder. That is poor strength there. If I can push you down with my pinky or just with one finger. We have to get that stronger in order to create a bulletproofed shoulder, a very resilient shoulder that 
will not easily fatigue, will not be bothered by playing a round of golf or multiple rounds of golf. So best way to do that is what I like to do is getting into on your all fours, so in your hands and your knees, and then from that position, taking one arm and raising it up out to the side. It's at an angle, but it's up towards going up thumb up towards the ceiling, and you're just going to raise that up. So you <clears throat> tilt it over. That because you're having to prop up on the one arm, you're creating stability. You're locking in that shoulder blade on the one side, having to post on that one hand. And then with the other one, you're having the movement. You're creating that movement, causing it to create more stability during movement, improving the strength of that posterior chain, that back side of the shoulder. That exercise is really good for getting the lower trap and the middle trap involved and getting that stability in that range. It also gets that shoulder blade tracking properly, all right, helping it to not have that winging motion that we were talking about earlier. All right. Another one is that reverse butterfly, kind of going out to the side. Also posting up on one hand. You post up on the one hand, and then you have the movement out to the side, like you're making one part of the T with that arm. So the first one's kind of like you're making a Y. The next one, you're making like a T. Those are great for, for the trap muscles and the posterior side of the shoulders, getting those muscles stronger. When we're talking strength, usually talking about 8 reps up to about 15 reps. Somewhere in that range, ideally probably 8 to 12 is better, and doing three, maybe up to five sets. So those are those are the, kind of more of the strength side numbers. If you're looking for more for power, we're doing smaller numbers, maybe more sets, okay? Getting lots of rest in between. And if we're looking for more endurance, then we're doing 15 reps, 20 reps, maybe even more, and then we can do less sets or three sets or, or whatever. And depending on, on what kind of the goal is. But that's the kind of the standard protocol for, for strength, endurance, and power. So there's two for shoulder stability, okay? And then for rotator cuff, best exercise is laying on your side, rotating the hand from your belly up towards the ceiling. Elbows tucked down against the ribs, and you're just rotating from belly up towards the ceiling. The other one, oh, sorry, that's going to target rotator cuff right in the back, all right? It's the one that we're putting the ball on if it's tensed up, if we have limited motion with that rotation. The other one is actually having that, being in that same position we were talking about earlier with that elbow straight out to the side. If you have a hard time stabilizing the elbow out there, then you can have it propped up on the edge of a couch or the back of a chair. So I can prop it up on the back of the chair, and I can rotate my back of my hand up. So it's basically the same concept as what you're doing when you're laying on your side with the rotation. All right. We are just now putting the shoulder into a different position, having to control that rotation in this position. This is the position you have to get into your backswing every time. So you need to be good at controlling that position. So it's great for golfers in that position, especially if you don't need that stability in that shoulder. If you can maintain that same position of that elbow as you rotate back and forward there. So there's two rotator cuff muscle strengtheners. All right, with power, power, the best thing for, for it is kind of plyometric push-up. All right, you're a very explosive push-up, pushing off the ground. 
you know, sometimes you can do like a little clap with it or, or whatever, but really getting your hands up off the ground. So you want to be very explosive. And then when you are absorbing that impact as well, you want to absorb by bending the elbow, sinking into the shoulders, coming back down nice and slow, and then you explode back up. You're only going to do up five, six of those. You want to be 100% as hard as you can each line, each time. Then you're going to have a good three-minute break, maybe up to five minutes, depending if you're really fatigued. If you have like a weighted vest or something like that, you can increase the fatigue or the challenge of it uh, in order to improve your power. But you don't want to get too heavy. You don't want to go super heavy so that slows you down. You want to keep the speed up with it. All right. That's one of the best ways for a push-up. And you can start off along the wall. You can work yourself down on the counter, onto the kitchen table, coffee table, down to the ground. All right. You can progress your way to different elevations to make to change that challenge up. But again, you want to be 100% effort, 100% speed on that, and you don't want to see it slow down. Adding weight's perfectly fine. Getting more power out of it, but it's all about the explosive intention of the movement going from a from that down position up to as fast as you can up to the top position or even off the ground so we talked about the anatomy the shoulder is more of a ball and it's called a ball and socket but it's more like a golf ball sitting on a tee okay so there's not a lot of contact between the two we have a labrum around that to create a better socket there but it's only connective tissue, and so it isn't a bony contact like the hip is. Talked about the mechanics, how you're going to have a roll every movement you have, but you also have to have a slide. What creates that slide is the rotator cuff muscles, keeping that contact in there. All right, we talked about mobility. You want to be able to reach above head while maintaining a neutral spine. So leaning against the back of a wall is a good way of keeping that and not letting the back arch off the wall as you reach overhead. If you can't do that, Number one culprit is usually lat. Getting that lat, which is right behind the, the armpit. There's a bulk of muscle right there you can pinch and get a hold of and raise the arm up overhead as you maintain that pinch and not let uh, that grip lose, lose that grip. You're changing the perception of the muscle by doing that. The other one is rotating out to the side like you're in your backswing. Elbow straight out to your side, about shoulder height. Rotate back of the hand up towards the ceiling. So the fingers are pointing towards the ceiling. If you can't get past your body line, then you are limited in that movement. And number one culprit that you can make a good change on is that infra infraspinatus, so that rotator cuff muscle in the back. Taking a tennis ball along the wall, putting that spot. You can roll back and forth a little bit, up and down a little bit, with some little bit of arm movement, rotations in at the belly and out, or out to the side, up and down, across the body. Okay, just putting that muscle in different positions while you're maintaining that pressure to change that perception of the muscle. And the next thing is strengthening. Number one thing that I, we need to have is stability at the shoulder. And again, that rotator cuff strength is the second thing. So stability at the shoulder blade. We need to do more backside muscles, reverse butterflies, uh, Ys and Ts is what I talked about. All right. Posting up on one arm and having to go through that range of motion. You can add a soup can or a light weight in, that, in those positions to create more of a challenge for those that are a little bit stronger than that. But it's great exercise. Even, even somebody that's very, very strong will still continue to benefit from, 
for having that stability on one side and generating movement from the other side. All right, and then the rotator cuff muscles is that rotation, laying on your side, elbows glued to the ribs, rotating the back of the hand up towards the ceiling. All right, the other one was when you're sitting or standing, elbow out to the side about shoulder height and rotating up, just like we were testing that range, working that control. Okay, power, main focus for power is going to be that generation of power in like a push-up position. Okay, nice and slow down and exploding back up to the top position or even exploding off of the ground. Okay, so we talked anatomy, mechanics, mobility, strength, and power. All right, guys, you guys stay safe. Have a good one. Hey, guys, if you enjoyed this content, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes so that we can get this in front of more people. Thank you. Do you want to take your fitness to the next level? Join our Golf Fitness Tips Facebook group to learn more about how you can improve your fitness and improve your golf game by helping your potential through mobility, strengthening, and wellness tips. Again, our Facebook group is Golf Fitness Tips. We'll see you there. Have a good one.